churches around Marion. I want to talk to you a few moments this morning, and I don't know if we'll get through all of this today. It may take us a couple weeks, but that's cool. I'd rather take our time and learn something than rush through it just to say we got through it. You know, so I don't know how many people out there just like to do it. You can do a job, get it done, or you can do a job well done. My wife would be the well done person. You know, I want it well done. It's one thing to do it, but if we can't do it, excellent. And then there's the other person goes, at least we did something. There are times that you got to be thankful just for that. I get that. But I mean, but if you can determine and purpose and it's a, something you can plan, let's do it and do it well. I want to talk about bettering yourself. I want to talk about your mindset. We're still kind of talking about vision. We're still talking about what God is talking to you or the dreams that you have. We've been talking about that uh, last week. So I want to welcome you here. But as experience will teach us this. How many know this? If two different people look at the same thing, each of them can see something entirely different. If you're married, you know there's a big amen there. <laughs> You know, your, your wife says, I need you to go out and I need you to get me a box. Like, we don't know what a box is, but we know. I mean, we see something or she'll say something and she'll see it completely different. And I won't even see what she's seeing or vice versa. And I hate to say it, guys, but many times she sees it better than I do. But anyway, God made us all unique. And we got to interpret what dream he has for your life. And that's kind of we've talked about growth track and small group and all of that. All those things are elements that help with that. But how do we unfold that dream? How do we unfold our mindset? God, I have some stuff up here, but I, I don't know how to get it out. How do I get it out so I can follow it? We talked about writing it, making it plain. But we all have a desire to do something of significance. We all want to be something that's like yes i love doing that and it's something i love to do i just talked to my son the other day and he's like i don't dread getting up in the morning and going to work i love what i do he works on the media team and everything and that matter of fact he's on the worship team at pastor gary's church now and i mean he just loves doing media stuff he's just like wired that way nobody that i know has a desire to be a loser yes i'd like to lose <laughs> nobody wants to do that <laughs> you see we got to get a hold of our minds to say all right god if this is where the war is if this is where the battle is then how can i begin to see myself doing what i want to do dreaming that dream watching it come to fruition helping me get to where i want where you've called me to be because you know anything less sometimes you you want to look back Every person I've ever talked to before they went to be with Jesus, before they passed away, never said their regrets were, you know, something silly. They were always, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have, you know, spent more time with my family. I wish I would have loved my life more. My friends, we have one chance to go around this thing. I mean, we all get to live forever. Everybody in the sound of my voice gets to live forever. We get to determine where that is. But let's do this thing right. Let's do this thing and go, you know what? I'm living my life to the fullest. I'm going to be happy. When I lay my head down at night, I'm telling you, if you've had children, we've had, we have four. But different ones, I, I mentioned Sam. Sam was like a bottle rocket. And he would just be like, wah! And then he would just crash and burn. I could be talking to him, Samuel, hey, Samuel, when we get home, and he could be in the middle of a sentence and he won't answer me. And I look back and he's gone. He's just like he went till he couldn't. He'd walk up the steps to go to bed and he'd just sit on the step. He's done. He's asleep. You could put him on the pot. He's out. 
No fun to get him off that one. <laughs> I mean, I'll hold him up. You pull the thing, you know. What, I mean? what I'm saying is he would just like, ah, but I'll tell you what, that boy would just be, he loved, he just loves living his life. We went to Disney World, you know, and we had this great time. In Disney World, they had one of those places, and they're in different places. You've seen where the water kind of shoots out of a hole and goes and then shoots out of another hole and all this stuff. And so here we're having, you know, the kids are, and it's hot. It's Florida. And, and there's kids playing in this water. And Samuel, did you play in it with him, Mal? Yeah. I think Sam and Mal were the, were the only ones that were like, yeah, you know, you want to, let's do that. And Sam's like, I want to play in water. I want to play in water. And I said, okay, just know that you're going to get wet and we don't have any dry clothes. And so you're going to walk around wet and it could, you know, you know, and he's like, I don't care. I want to live this moment. So him and Mal went and played in the water, got soaked and laughed. We laughed at them playing. Zach was like, I'm going to have no part of that. I don't need chafing and I don't need digging this. And I don't need that. So, you know, but then and Sam and Mal put up with it. And then once they were dry, you know what they, they had? Boy, that was fun. The time that they endured while that was drying, I don't think was so much fun. But to them, it was worth it. Can you go to bed at night and go, you know what, it's worth it. I want to dream and I want to live that out. As a kid, we played superheroes. Anybody do that? Superheroes are brave. I'm going to tell you a little secret. And it has to stay here, although this is going on the internet. <laughs> when I was a little boy, I loved superheroes. I loved Superman was my number one. I loved Spider-Man, I loved Batman, I loved superheroes. Also loved a guy called Tarzan. So much that my mom, I had her make me Tarzan trunks. That's right now. That's a word picture you probably weren't expecting on a Sunday morning. But I, <laughs> you have the people in the front row, I'm scarred, dear Jesus. <laughs> I'll never look at him the same. Anyway, I, she made these for me, and they were really cool. They were like leopard Tarzan trunks. And uh, God is my what we there, and my wife's up here to make sure you know. It was a loincloth. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. <laughs> but anyway, I remember the first day she gave those to me, man. I put those guys on, and I was like, that's right. I remember looking in the mirror. Now, I don't know how old I was, and don't you say I was this last year. This was not last year. It was last week, yes. <laughs> no. So anyway, uh, I went out, I got on my bike, and I rode down the street. To, to my dismay, all the kids didn't think they were as cool as I did. <laughs> They're like, what do you have on? I got off my bike, and I had that big banana seat on the bike, the big sissy bar. I said, these are my Tarzan trunks. Kids are like, yeah. <laughs> Sam Brett, why are you telling me that? <laughs> my mom also made a superhero costume from a G.I. Joe. But what I'm telling you is we just had this want to, to be, you know, I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to, you know, I climbed trees, and I thought those things would help me climb trees. I don't know if they did, but I climbed a lot of trees. Got in trouble for climbing trees. Let me just go further. Let me, can I go a little deeper, get past my Tarzan trunks now? When we started this church, we bought instruments in faith. We bought them. I mean, Kim and I sewed into the church. We just bought, I mean, the keyboard. 
and uh, and uh, the original bass that Sam played and, and Mal's original guitar and and the drums and all of that. We bought those and we handed those to the kids and said stuff like, you know, this is what you're going to do. Here's what you're doing, because what we did is we noticed Zach beating on the, the dash of the car, beating on the seats, beating on his sister, beating on his brother, just everything in beat. A song came on, he's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, he's just doing that. And Sam's got rhythm, and so he's boom, 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 boom. So Kim's like, you're going to play the bass. Mal could sing, and so... Then, and she could also play the guitar, so I helped her learn some chords on the guitar, and she, she started playing and singing, and, and Maddie celebrates God in dance, and she knows how to, you know, she got all that rhythm, they got all that from their mother, obviously. So I'm just helping you before somebody shouts that out at me. But you see, we saw desire in their heart to do something, and so then we gave those desires feet to get started. We gave them a plan. Here, here's what you're going to do. I remember the first time Zach played drums. It was like, oh, he was, he was afraid. Because Bill, um, uh, the guy, the parking lot guy, uh, Christina's husband. I've been Bill's pastor for 15, 16 years. Bill's a good drummer. Bill was our original drummer. And, and you know, one time Bill couldn't be there. And, I mean, and if Bill or Christina aren't here, you know, like a typhoon or a tornado has swept them away or, you know. <laughs> something and and so you know they're just very faithful very very loyal people and so he couldn't play so this is what miss kim she turned to zach said you are playing today i still remember his face his eyes went boom and he went oh no oh no no i'm not playing today she said yes you are how come a mom can do that she was walking and talking to him as he's backing up going yes you're gonna play you can do this zach i know you can god put it in you and he's going starts out no and by the time he's done he's like i'm gonna play i'm gonna play <laughs> sleep no <laughs> you know what i'm saying so, he's, so he plays and he played we, he only knew one song and it was a song she said go to the barn and play this over and over again and that was the only and she said there's the song we're doing that's all we're doing that's all i'm asking you to do i'm i'm afraid it's okay you can do this and he played the song and i think everybody's jaw went and so we said let's do it again we did that song like five times and and, you know and and from that point on bill was pretty much he was like sweet he said i think he's your drummer and we said zach you're and and everything just we started and that was it things just started and then then pretty soon sam on the bass and and then she, you know, she helped get Mal into the place where she could lead worship and all of those things. I'm telling you, you have to understand as you unfold what God has given you, you've got to give it feet. You've got to start saying, okay, I've got to do something different. So here's our first point this morning. It begins with desire. If I could help you get a better mindset to get your life better, would you listen? Would you do it? It begins with desire. It doesn't begin with talent. Begins with desire. Now we notice they had talent, but you gotta have a want to. Touch your neighbor and say, You gotta want this. You see, one thing can lead to another, but you need desire first or you won't do anything. There's a lot of talented people that their talent right now is going to waste because their desire is just to sit on their doofus. They don't want to do anything. They want everything to be done for them. That doesn't get it done that way. You have to have a want to. You have to have desire. There's no substitute for desire. Psalm 27, 4, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Mm. 
Lewis Braille lost his sight at three years old in an accident in his father's harness shop. And he had a desire to read and write and help others who were blind. So he invented a system that was named after him, the Braille system. Three years old, he lost his sight. And then he started having the desire, I'm not going to quit. And now there's other people that need this that are, that are blind. And so that's how that system got started. Paul from the Bible had a desire. And he didn't have any airplanes. He didn't have any cars. He didn't have any trains. He didn't have any TV. All he had was a desire to finish the course. Lord, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I'm going to do that. That's what propels him forward. It is your desire that will propel you to the next level. Brings us to point number two. There's always going to be something to hold you back if you let it. Something will always hold you back if you let it. We can all come up with an excuse of why we can't do what God has asked us to do. Some of us just have to get over ourselves. Just get past you and then just say, none of these things move me. If God has told you something to do and you have the desire, then we got to get to a point where we not only have the desire, we have to realize the enemy doesn't want you to do what God has called you to do. And some things are going to have to just not be able to move you. There's going to be people that are going to try to move you. You're going to have to be able to say, if this goes with the plan, I'm good. If it doesn't, I'm not moved. I can't do that because that's not part of what he's called me to do. The Bible says Paul was not tall or handsome. He wasn't charismatic. He wasn't Mr. Personality. His very presence was weak. In 2 Corinthians 10.10, 10, it says he came across weak and contemptible. But Paul had the desire. He kept on going. A word for not quitting would be persistence. Somebody just being persistent. They just won't quit. Calvin Coolidge, 13th president of the United States, says this. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Think about what he said. That's our 13th president, just stating some very, very wonderful facts. How many have ever seen a can of WD-40? I have a can of that in my barn, WD-40. Nobody ever knows what that means. But I'll tell you what it means. It, is, it stands for, let's see if I get it right, water displacement 40th. Let me say, this is the guy. The guy's name was Norm Larson. He was a chemist in 1943. And WD-40, it was the 40th time, and that's how he made it right. So it was water <laughs> displacement 40, WD-40. That's how that got there. What, what, Brett, why? I'm telling you, because he didn't figure it out in the first try. Took him 40 tries to get it right, so much that he said, WD-40. Here's number three. Desire plus passion equals power. Desire plus passion equals power. If there was only one quality, one distinguishing characteristic, one accomplishment in your life that could excite God more than any others, would you wonder, like, what is that? What is the one thing that would just, man... It would make one person succeed where another person fails. One thing can take you from the everyday mundane of mediocrity to excellence. What would that thing be? It could give you power and give you purpose. That would make somebody a great leader and someone that just says, I'm just along for the ride. It's not backgrounds. It's not giftedness. It's not good looks. I'll tell you what it is. 
It's passion. It's passion. God loves a person of passion because those emotions he put in there, he wants you to get fired up about what he has created you to do. He wants you to be passionate about it. I believe he'll pass up a crowd of, for someone whose heart is just full of passion. If somebody just says, I don't care, and they've got a spirit of entitlement, whatever. I mean, when? Come on, help me. But somebody that says, let's do this. Let's make a way. God, I'm trusting you. I'm passionate. What do you want me to do? He'll pass up everyone just to get to that person. Zeal and desire. God loves passion. So what fires you up? What is your desire? What makes you tick? Where is your passion? The word desire actually means consuming passion, unrelenting, undying drive, insatiable hunger, unquenchable thirst, intense fervency. Man, we, we've all known people that are really passionate. How many uh, remember Pastor JC when we had him here on a Wednesday? Dude, that dude is like off the chain. I mean, I preached for him last Wednesday, and I, you know, I got to be off the chain in his church, so that was cool. But he was off the chain here. And I mean, he's passionate about his call. We all know people like that. We also know people that are very quiet and reserved. They're very, hmm. They don't say anything until you hit the button, the hot button, the button that all of a sudden, if they wouldn't get upset or get excited about anything, you hit the button and then it's all the whoop. And they are out of the box now. Passion will take you places and cause you to do things that you would never do without it. When God sees passion in people, he releases power. When he sees people that are going to move in his direction by faith, and they're passionate about it, that means their faith is all enwrapped in that. He says, I can support that. I can put power there. Let me give you some examples quickly. Jesus in Acts 1 and 3, it says, To him he also presented himself alive after his suffering for many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus goes to the cross, knows why he's going, knows he came from the cradle to the cross, and afterwards is seen by like 500 people to continue what he's passionate about. And you know what he's passionate about? Help me, somebody. He's passionate about you, and he's passionate about me. He came and went to the cross for you and for me and doing his father's business, and he begins to tell them. And now the people are putting these together going, this dude is everything he said. He's for real. I can see him. I saw him die, and now he's alive. That's passion. Elijah prayed with passion, ask it not to rain, God answers his prayer, and for three years and six months, no rain. And then he prayed for it to rain, and it rained. Passion. What are you asking God for? What are you believing God for? Are you doing the things he's told you to do? The woman with the issue of blood, she had passion. She had to overcome great physical odds just to get to Jesus. She was determined to touch him, to receive her healing. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says they were thronging. People were just trying to get to him, you know, just Jesus, Jesus. And they're all trying to touch him. He's being touched. He's being held on to, grabbed. But she had figured something out, and she didn't even know. I'm telling you, sometimes when you're passionate about something, you don't have to know all the A, B, C, D. You just have to know, God put that in there. I'm going after God, bottom line, period. And she just said, I've got to get a hold of him. And when she did, 
power. Boom. And he says stuff like, who's touching me? And, you know, the disciples, uh, everybody. Everybody. And he said, no, 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 I felt something leave me. I felt power go out of my body. Now, think about this. Up to that point, nobody had ever been healed by touching Jesus. It's always switched. Passion produces drive. Just by touching his clothes, what I'm saying is, this is the first account. Passion produces drive. Jesus heard about, or she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. So she determined, that's my answer. That's my answer. So again, she's going to Jesus. Now, we have the benefit because we read the Bible. We can say the word and hear the word. They were living that. She hears about Jesus. It's not on the written page yet. And she says, that's my answer. I got to get to him. So now passion helps her hear about Jesus. Now her faith is involved. Faith produces power. She releases her passion and her faith. And she is all in. Have you ever been all in? Have you ever been like, this is it. I put everything I've got. Everything I'm invested in this. You see, people that don't want any change, that don't want any bumps in the road, no controversy, they're not all in. The enemy loves that kind. They are not a threat. I'm going to go to point number four. And this is going to be my last point for today. You're contagious. You are contagious. Because of one woman who had passion, others got it too. Now many people are bringing him sick to be healed. They just want to touch his robe. Think about things that happen the way that we do things here in America. Revival hits someplace and then there are other churches that will go, oh, then if I do just what they did, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying if that's what God told you, then do that. If he didn't tell you that, I mean... People now are bringing him and they, they just want to touch his robe. Reference to Matthew 14, 35 and 36. You can look that up later. But Jesus chose his 12 disciples. And he's choosing you today. He chose them personally and he's choosing you. Faith can move mountains. And faith can create and fear can create mountains. Faith can move them, but fear can create one. Let me say this to you. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. It's kind of just like what Mallory was saying in that uh, little CD promotion there. It's kind of in that life. You just know, well, I don't see anything working, but by faith, you know, he's still working on the things that you can't see. When you rest, he works. When you work, he rests. See, that's what happens. Oh, God, I need this. I need this to happen. I need you to come in. I need you to do this. And then we get our hand all involved in it. And as long as you're involved where he's telling you to leave it alone, he's going to rest because you're working. Now, I, I love my wife and my wife loves me. And, and if we're working together in the kitchen, that works out really well. Sometimes when we have two mindsets of what we're trying to make. See, none of you married folk won't even answer me right now. 
but you know she wants to do this and I want to do that and we end up not that we end up I want to use this but she's using that I need to get over here I want to do that but she's going to do that and everywhere I go she wants to get and everywhere uh, she goes I want to get and you end up feeling like ah or as Tarzan would say ah all right <laughs> And no, I do not have any Tarzan trunks on, so just saying. <laughs> so just start asking, God, are you wanting me to get my hands off this? Because if, if he is, let him do it. Because while you're resting, he's working. But Brad, I can't see it. You don't have to see it. That's where faith comes in. You see, your circumstances are where the enemy capitalizes on. He's going to try to tell you by your five senses. Well, I don't see anything. I don't smell anything. I don't taste. I touch. You know, I don't hear. You know, he goes by those senses. You go by something that's past natural. You go by supernatural by the spirit of God because that's what's connected with you. The very thing that you're possibly using as a crutch or as an excuse, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get around to that. May be the very thing God will use for your answer. Now, I, I'm not going to try to push us clear through to what we need, but uh, we've got enough for today to just to understand some of those very things that you think, well, as soon as this gets right, I'm going to do this. As soon as this gets right, I'm going to start to unfold. You know, I'm going to start to put this in action. I'm going to start to do that. Do you know there's always going to be a, a, a delay if you let it? There's always going to be. I mean, I, I'm the king of, of starting a diet, stopping, starting, stopping. Anybody else join that train? Hey, we go around all kinds of places, don't we? I mean, and there's, oh, okay, I'm going to wait till after Sunday because uh, somebody's got a birthday. Did you know that most people have a birthday someday? <laughs> and as soon as you do that, you're like, oh, well, wait, oh, that's right. We got three more birthdays in the next two months. I'm going to wait till after then. Then I'm going to start. And I'll end up talking myself out of doing anything. Think about what drives you. Think about I, the rest of this message is all going to put it together. I'll review it next week as we do, and then we'll, we'll get the, the next few points. But it's going to make sense to you because what's going to happen is you're going to start pushing yourself to do better things. You're going to start saying, God, I don't want to just sit here and let life go by me. I want to do something and enjoy my life. I, you know, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I'm telling you, life uh, can, can kind of rock you to boredom, can it? Because if you're just in a, in a state of, of uh, numbness or you, you have shut yourself back, because if we let ourselves out there, people may get an opinion. Can I tell you, people already have an opinion. Amen. And people may talk. And I'll tell you this, they're already talking. So, you know, what you decide to do with that, you can stay back in a shell or you can get out. One thing I love about my wife is uh, not just one, but here's one that I just, <laughs> I'm going to get myself out of that hole real quick. Uh, but not. She, you know, we went to a, a fair this last weekend, and I'm telling you, my wife is the, the classiest lady I've ever met. She is, she's class. She, I mean, the way she presents herself, how, what she wear, all of that. I mean, it's just like, I, 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 you already know, I, I compliment her all the time. But I'm telling you, we got rained on like four or five times. And, and normally, normally... We would have just said, hey, listen, the weather's bad. We're out of here. And I can understand that because if it's not, you know, 
but it kept getting better, and then it rained again. Then the sun had come out, and it rained again. We got rained on, so she's all completely wet. I mean, she's her hair, everything soaked. I'm wet. I look at Maddie. Maddie's all wet. We would normally would say, okay, we're just going to go home because, you know, heaven knows you can't have fun if you're wet. Can't be out in public if you're wet. What might people think? And I just, you know, I said, do you, you want to go? Because that's what, how many knows that normal? We just say, you know, and she goes, we're already wet. We might as well stay. Elizabeth. I mean, I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah. I mean, she goes, oh, go back home for what? Well, you know, it quit raining. Let's just stay for a little while. Everybody else is wet too. And this is what I'm saying. Brett, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you there's so many opportunities that life is coming at you. And you can either embrace them and get the good out of them, or you can find the bad and you can embrace that. It is your choice. But if we're going to look at what our mindset and, and start saying, you know what, God, I want a better mindset. I want to start loving my life. I want to stop and love my kids more. I want to do some more things that I like. I want to laugh again. Have you ever, how long has it been since you belly laughed? You know, they talk about Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. You know, I'm talking about not just in your mouth, but down inside where you're laughing until your side is hurting. That's fun. And the Bible says that's medicine. We all need to go to the doctor today. We need some medicine from the Lord. We need to start loving our life. Get our passion back. Get a little twinkle back in our eye. Get a little spring in our step and start saying, you know what? Life isn't over. It's just starting. I mean, I'm telling, that's what I'm telling her. And we got a little stone in a flower box that said, the, you know, grow old would be the rest of our life. It's going to be the best of our life. It's the best is yet to come. That's what we believe. That's what I want. But it doesn't just happen. You have to determine your mindset. We're going to finish this next week. We're going to put it all together. I'm going to even add, I think, a little more to it. But I want you to listen and think about what we've talked about. I want you to think about those, those four things so far that we've went over. And I think they've got them on the board here. Here's number four. This is what's cool. We just got this up and running, so this is nice. Um, your Contagious was number four. If you start acting better, those around you will be like, what's happening? Now, and I say all this, not that she never acted. She's not acting bad. What I'm saying is that was a great turn. I love that. I'm going to tell you, it's 10.08. Are you ready? Listen. When you can start having fun, you'll start loving your life. If you're going to, if life is just, in, you're just enduring it, that's how life will seem to you. But if you can step out of that and say, I'm going to embrace what God has for me, you'll start loving your life. And life will change the way it appears to you and feels to you inside. But you have to start bow your heads please